The Public News Service Daily Newscast, May the 9th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Pro-choice activists want New Mexico to follow the lead of Connecticut in providing a safe haven for abortion providers. That after last week's leaked draft that indicated the Supreme Court would overturn legalized abortion nationwide. Janet Williams with Santa Fe's National Organization for Women says more protections will be needed as people travel from Texas, Arizona, and other states to New Mexico where abortion is legal. She says medical records will need to be protected and abortion providers will need protection from liability in other states. Like Texas trying to criminalize women and doctors and anyone that helps a woman, we'd like to try to protect them. So make our state a sanctuary state just like Connecticut. In Texas, and more than 20 other states, lawmakers have passed a so-called trigger law that would go into effect 30 days after Roe v. Wade is overturned, making performing abortion a felony. I'm Roz Brown. The director of a Mississippi abortion clinic at the center of Roe v. Wade says she's considering a move to New Mexico if the ruling is struck down. The Jackson Women's Health Organization, better known as the Pink House, is the last abortion clinic in Mississippi. It is Hunger Action Week, and activists are asking lawmakers to use California's wealth for people's health and harness the budget surplus to battle food insecurity. Advocates hope to phone and Zoom with all 120 members of the State Assembly and Senate. Their top priority is the Food for All bill, which would extend CalFresh food assistance to undocumented people of all ages. Frank Tamborello is Executive Director of Hunger Action L.A. With the double hit of food price inflation, coupled with an expected reduction in public benefits due to the pandemic emergency being lifted pretty soon, it's a critical moment to shake up our legislators and show them that they need to use the state surplus to alleviate the continued suffering. I'm Suzanne Potter. Governor Gavin Newsom's budget proposal would put $50 million towards the CalFood program, which helps food banks purchase California-grown foods. Now from CNN, the U.S. announced a slate of new sanctions against Russia on Sunday, cutting off Kremlin-controlled media outlets from American advertisers and prohibiting the country from using U.S.-provided management and accounting consulting services. CNN notes that President Biden and the leaders of the G7 met virtually with Ukrainian President Zelensky on Sunday to discuss further actions. The announcement also included new export controls against the Russian industrial sector and roughly 2,600 visa restrictions. This is PNS. Fewer than one in five Bay State voters can correctly name their local sheriff. That's according to a recent survey. To fill that knowledge gap, the ACLU of Massachusetts has launched a voter education campaign to raise awareness about the life-changing decisions that sheriffs have the power to make. Sheriffs oversee roughly 6,000 people every day in houses of correction and county jails. Laura Rotolo, who leads ACLU of MA's field team, notes 670,000 voters in 2016 cast votes for other elected offices but left the sheriff's space blank. That's over half a million votes. People that got out of their homes, went to the polling location, and did not make a choice for sheriff. And sheriffs have a really important role to play in the criminal legal system, in public safety, and in our communities. Rotolo notes sheriffs get multi-million dollar budgets from the state legislature to then allocate toward various programming, from addiction and mental health treatment to educational, vocational, or transitional programs. 
Massachusetts sheriffs serve six-year terms. The last time they were up for re-election was 2016. I'm Lee Volke reporting. In 2016, not a single incumbent sheriff lost their seat and only four faced challengers. Social media is becoming an increasing part of everyone's lives, including kids and teenagers, and that's raised concerns about how young people interact with these networks. Amanda Giordino is an associate professor of counseling at the University of Georgia. Just like anything else, it does have its risks. And so I think if we're going to give older children and adolescents access to social media, we really have to be informed ourselves about those potential risks and then prepare our children and adolescents for what they could encounter online. Giordano says social media creates positive reinforcement that can become compulsive for a small subset of users. Finally, Chance Drolin tells us this week on Thursday, Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon expected to sign a proclamation declaring May of 2022 Historic Preservation Month. Carrie Edinger with the Sheridan Community Land Trust says Wyoming has a wealth of buildings and sites where historic events can be remembered. She encourages residents of all ages to get out and explore their local and regional history. If we talk about it and share our memories and those stories or what items need help being preserved. It's not only helping to save it and preserve it, but also keep it alive. Every May, historical societies, preservation groups, and business and civic organizations across the U.S. celebrate Historic Preservation Month through events that promote historic places and heritage tourism and that demonstrate the economic and social benefits of preservation. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and supported, heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, Find Your Trust Indicators at publicnewsservice.org.